The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. It up, my friends. 13 seconds left to go. Huskers are going to win for the first time in Omaha since Jake Muehlheisen did in 2004 in an NIT game against the Blue Jays. And for the first time in the regular season, winning in Omaha for the first time since 1995. Greasel brings it across the timeline. Take that monkey off our backs. The Huskers at the horn, winning this puppy. 10 points, 63 to 53 over Creighton. I love hearing that. I've been growing up listening to Kent Pavelka kill it for years and years and years doing Nebraska basketball. I love hearing joy in Kent Pavelka's voice. Nebraska, just like we told you, kidding. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> A lot of us were wrong. Welcome to the Fred Ball bandwagon. Right? That thing's crowded as all get out. You get a big win. There's a thundering herd you hear behind you, and that's everybody running back to Nebraska basketball. Good for the Big Red. Good for the Big Red to get a win like that against Creighton. I know uh, Creighton fans are angry and distraught. It's one thing to lose to Arizona in a tight ball game. Another thing to lose to Texas on the road in a tight ball game. But, man, little brother coming into your joint – and, and I know that rubs some Nebraska fans wrong, but I think that's probably the Creighton mentality towards Nebraska. And it was uh, it was a rock fight. It was uh, a, a new Nebraska style, but you'll take it if you're a big red fan because, well, the other way wasn't working. We were trying to outscore him. Good to have you in on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we are loaded up. We will talk Nebraska Creighton with a uh, former assistant at Nebraska and Hall of Fame high school coach Jeff Smith. In about 15 minutes, get Coach Smith's take on last night and beyond for Nebraska. Also, his thoughts on Creighton. A lot of season left for uh, for the Jays to, to regroup. They're still damn talented. Can watch this show. We're streaming on Different platforms here on StreamYard, so if you like listening, great. If you want to watch the video portion of Hale Varsity Radio, uh, get into it. can do so on ESPN Lincoln Facebook at ESPN Lincoln Twitter, uh, Omaha 590, their Twitter app as well, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. can check out Coffee and Cream there, always morning 7 to 9. So, hey, you, you get an upset win and it feels great, but 
the bigger picture as we dive into uh, the, the matchup and the win yesterday for Nebraska and Fred Hoiberg. We'll talk portal as well as Nebraska now up to 11 players that have entered the portal. We'll check in with Charlie McBride in less than an hour. What's his take on uh, in-state recruiting and Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime heading to Uncle Charlie's alma mater, Colorado. That's the other big news of the weekend is Coach Prime making his impression felt. Jay Moore with us at 525 to talk some uh, Husker football and NFL. Numbers to get in can join us today on Hale Varsity at 466 466-3776. Toll free where you hear us around the state. 1-800-825-5865. can email the show chris at hailvarsity.com and also tweet at us, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You texted me about the 12-minute mark of the second half as I was grilling, but I had my phone out, and I'm watching it. Did a little Christmas shopping yesterday. And, okay, Nebraska, Nebraska's always maintained the lead. Even if Creighton had put a little bit of a spurt together, uh, a couple of consecutive baskets, Nebraska would have an answer. The, the reshaping that has gone on with Nebraska basketball – is is fantastic. You think of Mel Tucker and how he hit a home run two years ago with Kenneth Kenneth Walker and the right portal dudes. Well, it's it's more common in college basketball to flip over a roster, and you've seen Fred Hoiberg try and find the right fit the previous three years. You get some NBA guys, you get some freak athletes that can create a verge, right? A McGowan's. You, you go on paper and on film and say, man, those guys are special. They're athletes. They can, they can do a lot of things with the ball. But can you get buy-in from a team? In the first couple of years with Nebraska basketball, a lot of foam and no beer. Okay, Are you willing to do the little things to win basketball games? Are you willing to be physical? Are you willing to be selfless? Are you willing to box out? Are you willing to play defense? Because defense is going to win a lot like Big Ten football. Defense is going to win in college basketball. Look at Texas Tech before guard left. And look at what kind of a different animal Texas is now with the right mentality. And, And Nebraska seems to have that because you got a culture changer in Sam Griesel. Is he going to be the fastest or the best shooter on the floor all the time? No. But he'll find a way to get it done, and Elijah, he'll outwill you. And I love the the two-man YMCA old man ball game that you got to see with uh, the pick and the roll and Griesel and Derek Walker. And you're so happy for a guy like Derek Walker because he's a stand-up guy. And he was able to drag in some of the big fellas from Creighton and off the dribble, make some tough shots despite giving up three or four inches. Well, that that two-man game, as you mentioned, it finally feels like Fred Hoiberg might have a recipe for success moving forward. I'm not saying that it's good enough. It's one one game. It's one game. I'm not saying it's going to be good enough to get Nebraska above 500, but you've seen it a couple times this year. And you saw it previously without Derek Walker. Now with Derek Walker in the Mm -hmm. equation, it looks like a different picture. Uh, The fact that you can go either pick and roll and get some good looks for yourself, or you can just post up Sam Griesel against a smaller guard, let him back down, then wait for, for Derek Walker's help, or Derek Walker's defender to go help 
And then go give find him Derek. a spot. Go find Derek Walker, and it's working with consistency. Nebraska killed Creighton on points in the paint, just doing that. And then you know what? If they're going to try to collapse the defense, try to take that away, you have some shooters that I, I trust around the perimeter, not to be you know all American type guys, but good enough that they'll Guy be able to knock hit down a some shot shots once in a while. Kise, CJ, uh, Rashawn Gary, guys that I, I trust every once in a while. They're not going to be JJ Redick behind the three point line, but they're going to hit enough shots that it's going to make the defense honest. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And it's going to give Nebraska a chance to win basketball games and then combine it with Creighton's poor shooting night, which was both poor shooting and also good defense from the Huskers. And you see the result. This Husker basketball team looks like there's something to be feared, and it starts on the defensive end, just as we all expected three years ago whenever Fred Hoiberg got hired. Whenever this thing pops, it's going to pop because of Fred Hoiberg's defensive acumen and building a defensive roster. We all expected that three years ago. Listen, you have work ethic and and blue-collar, and Fred's an offensive guy. But he has made the necessary change. We'll take your calls here in a minute. But you make the necessary change, you get the buy-in, and then you get the bodies. And it's it's Greasel, it's Walker, it's a guy like Gary, uh, Bandamel. I mean, you go down the list, and it was far from a pretty ball game. It was far from a perfect ball game, but it was a gutsy ball game, and Nebraska showed some things on the road against number seven that, that, that can travel, right? The defensive effort and mentality, but they, they showed poise, right? You've had moments where Nebraska's not been poised in the Hoiberg era. Not his fault, but his product. You have moments where the team's been undisciplined. How many crazy, stupid shots that you wouldn't even take in horse have you seen some of Fred's offenses take? Lots. Have you seen grit all the time? No. And you saw all three. And uh, you got to go to the six-minute mark, and Jacob Padilla, dear friend from Hale Varsity, asked this question in the post game, And he talked about uh, about six minutes, 30 seconds left. Creighton's getting a little bit of a flow. And it's got cut down to five. Okay. And you're like, oh, danger time. Here's where Creighton makes the final push. Okay. And what happens? Greasel's able to answer with an and one. That's that's huge. Absolutely huge. And it, it's, you know, Nebraska's won, I think, three in a row against ranked teams, or, or at least two in a row, where they won at Ohio State last year to end the year. They won at Wisconsin, and then they just won at Creighton. So it was in them, but it was a little too little too late a year ago. Got a whole different roster now, but they found a way last night. Uh, poll question is up. What did you enjoy more as a Nebraska fan? Beating Iowa in football or the win over Creighton? Last night at CHI. Who's with us? We got Streaker. Streaker. Put some clothes on, baby. How you doing? Schmitty, what's going on? I, I know Nick jumped into the porthole. He didn't have a chance to talk about Nebraska. Women had a big win yesterday. You haven't talked about it yet. They upset number 20, Maryland. I know they did. We were getting there. But as far as what's crazier to have happen, uh, Amy Williams has beaten ranked teams before. Nebraska hasn't beaten Creighton since, dare I say, the Bush administration. (laughs) I thought they should get a little love. I never heard Nick talk about him at all, and that's why I'm calling in. Don't forget about him, please. Will not. We're talking to Markowski tomorrow, brother. 
Okay, and maybe interview some of the girls once in a while. We'll uh, take that under advisement, my friend. Thanks, Mitty. Great okay. show. Appreciate you. There he is. Yeah, Amy Williams getting doused with water. Well, we were talking about it this morning. I came inside in for the uh, the morning hookup here locally, and it was the first time both the men's and the women's basketball teams have won against a ranked foe since no sit Sunday on the same day. That's awesome. First time, what is that, eight years? That's 2014. 2014. Yeah. And if you sell your, your no sit Sunday tickets, you are still collecting interest on what you made on that <laughs> seat. <laughs> Who's with us? We've got Jim. Jim, thanks for calling, bud. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's so much fun to watch Walker. Cause that, that kid's a baller. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now uh, they're playing old basketball the way it should be played. You know, move the basketball, play good defense underneath, and uh, you're going to win some ball games. Well, you've got one so. big, big component there, and rebound. How many straight games yeah, that now Nebraska yeah, winning the rebounding yeah, battles? Phenomenal. Yeah, you know, when I, when I played ball back in the 70s, you blocked out. That's what you did. That was your job, you know? And you had all five guys and, on the floor rebounded, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, but no, I just love to watch this team. They're, they're, it looks like a good ball team. They move, the, they move the basketball. You know, you don't dribble a basketball, you pass it, right? Mm-hmm. Jim, and, I uh, totally agree with and you. And you block out. Yeah. You, and you, you block out, and it's basic basketball. You do the little things that you're supposed to do. <laughs> it leads yeah, to big exactly. results. It's a bigger it, it, yeah, I'll shut up. But no. that, that's just basketball. Jim, appreciate you tuning in, man. Thanks for uh, the uh, the phone call and yeah, good stuff from uh, from Jim and old school basketball, it's like old time hockey. I love it. Uh, no, good for Nebraska, right? And it's one win, it's one ball game, but it's it's something that the, you have been starving for because the world that wears red and white, they go to. To, to PBA, you want it to work for Fred. You love Fred. Fred's a stand-up dude. He's a pro. He knows his stuff. You're four now. You have your roster constructed to be gritty and tough. And it all starts with a kid. I mean, I loved watching and covering East Ball games when Greasel was there. Mm-hmm. We, we have enough talent in this building that there's so many good people to do play-by-play for high school basketball that we, we get to see a lot of different kids over the years. And it was so much fun rolling over to 70th and A for a number of years, watching Greasel do his thing at, at Lincoln East and then do well in the Summit League. And it's so much fun if you're a Nebraska fan and if you're a Lincolnite to see Sam Greasel back home. Well, more fun for you than for me. He's my, my senior year was his senior year at East, so he, he laid the wood on, uh, on Southeast once. So uh, more fun for you than for I'm me. I'm sure you weren't taunting in the student section. Who's with us? We've got Moose. Moose, get some salsa ready, some victory salsa. How you doing? Oh, man, I, I'm still a little giddy. Forgive me. Uh, but uh, whether I like to admit it or not, I've been going to Oscar basketball games for 40 years. It's as good a defensive performance as I've seen, period. Mm-hmm. Um, the rotation was getting there. It's been close this year, but there there were some guys slow getting to the rotation when you're playing this style of defense, and we were leaving wide open shots. Now, there were a few yesterday that I felt sure, and this is just years of being ingrained in me, that I felt sure the threes were going in for Creighton, and they didn't. But more often than not, we had hands in the face. We were making them alter their shots. The defense rotation was getting there. 
the rebounding was incredible. We're, we just are getting rebounds you're supposed to get. You know what I mean? Not not giving teams four and five looks per possession. They're missing shots, and we're man. Gary's a Gary's ferocious. He was on awesome board. on the glass. Well, your your two leading rebounders were Sam Greasel and Juwan Gary. Yep, yep. And 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 guys are getting the rebounds. We got the mismatches. Clearly, we're we're just a totally different team with Derek. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I couldn't be happier for that. I mean, like you said, a Schmitty, stand-up guy, and he is. We, he is. We've met him. We've interacted with him. Same thing with Sam. The, the, the pictures of Sam hugging his parents after the game. I mean, it means something to these guys. Mm-hmm. Vandemel's a lockdown defender. You got these pieces, like you said, and they care more about the team than they do about their individual Notes, we're up against a break. Thank okay. you for chiming hey, in, partner. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the day. win. Enjoy the win. Coach Jeff Smith, his thoughts on Creighton, Nebraska next. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Monday edition, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Uh, more calls, reaction to Nebraska's upset over Creighton. We'll dive into uh, Coach Dion Sanders in Boulder with Coach McBride and uh, emails Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Longtime assistant. He's lived this rivalry between Nebraska Creighton uh, when Nebraska was going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Jeff Smith with us now and Hall of Fame high school coach for a number of years. Coach, did you end up going last night? Did you watch it on TV? Yeah, I just watched it on TV. I like I like taking notes and drawing up some of their sets. And both teams ran some really good sets. Uh, when they, and Nebraska ran a couple when they needed to. Great backdoor play for Sam late when they needed something to happen. And so I thought Fred called a, a fantastic game offensively. Well, you guys both watched on TV. I just want to say you guys totally missed out on Kent Pavelka jinxing Creighton. In the pregame, where oh, oh no, I have the, I have the radio on. I have the radio okay. on. So watching. tell, tell you gotta me, have on. Kent, what, mule. What, yeah, mule. What what, what old Kent do? Was there a live chicken and, and Joe Boo's rum? Or <laughs> so, what? so so pregame, they're introducing Creighton's lineup, and Trey Alexander gets introduced, and he's giving everyone fist bumps, and he comes down to the Nebraska broadcasting table and gives KP a fist bump, and Pavelka <laughs> says. I don't know why he's fist bumping me. I hope he misses all his shots today. <laughs> and then he goes twenty five percent from the field. So oh, it was good. well five of twenty nine again for the Creighton starters from beyond the arc, and you know contest getting their face. And let's see if they think about it a little bit, a little bit because they shot horrible against Texas. Coach Smith, your uh, your assessment here last night, what the win can do for this team, but overall. Uh, is is it just one game, or could this be something bigger for Nebraska basketball this year? 
Oh, I think it could be something bigger. I mean, really, it's three in a row, and now you beat a, a top-10 team. Obviously, Creighton's kind of in a shooting funk right now, which a lot of teams go through. And, and I still think Creighton's a sweet 16, maybe even a lead 8 team. I think they have that kind of talent. But they're just not playing that way right now, and shots aren't falling. But for Nebraska, I think they've found a, a formula right now, at least, until you know Big Ten teams can take it away. But uh, – they fi- found a formula with Walker, and we said a week ago, you know, we thought that it, they ended the season kind of going through Walker, and now they're going through him again, and he's just a very efficient player. He's physical, he's steady, um, shooting 73% from the field. I was a little surprised that they let him go to his right hand as much as they did yesterday. Um, they, they let him get right, and he's obviously, you know, right-handers are usually better doing that, and I was kind of surprised that they kept – Kent Lane do that. Kalkbrenner really struggled with that, and he got his he got his shoulder in his chest, um, and and so he could she couldn't you know couldn't block shots, and it, it you know it started with him. The thing I love about this team right now, though, is we we have not questioned their effort in any of their games. Mm-hmm. They they've given effort. You know, even even St. John's when they're struggling second half, they didn't stop giving effort, and they try to climb back in it and. You know, last night was was a full forty minute effort, and I thought a very consistent uh, game. And I thought they had a great game plan. I thought they really got about got four guys back on defense and took away the break and made them play half court. They attacked Kalkbrenner. Texas showed them a little of that. I think they kept them off the offensive boards. They made they made Kaluma and really the rest of the team shoot threes and try to beat us from there. They just couldn't do it last night. So I thought the game plan was fantastic. Now offensively, though. Coach Smith, Nebraska only shooting 12 three-pointers on the game. Uh, I didn't see that one coming. And then they go and just dominate Creighton points in the paint. What what'd you see offensively, and can it be a formula for success moving forward as we get into Big Ten play here starting this week? Indiana's on Wednesday. I think it can be if they're playing a team that's a little more pressure like Creighton. If they're playing a pack team, um, I, I think it you know they may have to shoot a little bit more with, with Tominaga and, and those guys that can shoot. Um, but last night, Creighton pressures, and against that pressure, they they had a chance to isolate Walker against Kaluma in, or excuse me, against Kalkbrenner inside, and that so that and that game plan just. I, I was surprised Creighton didn't press a little earlier. I was surprised Creighton didn't go to some straight zone and make a shoot outside. But you know, Creighton, Creighton, it's early in the season. Creighton's playing to how they're going to play down down the stretch and in in their league. So. And like I said, if they would have made four or five threes like they normally do, a few more, it would have been a different ball game. But we got them on a good good day yesterday where they just didn't make open shots. They ran – Creighton ran roll and replace, and they hurt us on the roll early. Nebraska adjusted. When, you, when you're defending roll and replace, you're making a decision whether to really bump that roll man and take that away and then close out on a shooter or stay with shooter and try to, try to get enough ball pressure that they can't throw the lob. Well, they were able to complete the lob early, and then Nebraska took that roll away. And, and fortunately, Creighton missed the shots on the skips over to the shooter that was replacing up in the three-point line. Jeff Smith is with his longtime Nebraska assistant, Hall of Fame high school coach, Hale Varsity Radio, recapping Nebraska's win over Creighton. So the impact of Sam Greasel, you, uh, we talked to this summer when we, we knew Sammy was coming. You and I have done a lot of ball games over the years where Sam was uh, a focal point and really a leader for some really good Lincoln East teams. Tell me about your re- your reaction to to what he's brought to this team so far. And are you surprised it's 
it's worked out so well. I'm a little surprised it happened this early. I thought there might be a little more of an adjustment period to to the level of basketball that he came up to. Although, you know, North Dakota State still plays a, a really tough schedule, and that's a good league as well. But his what doesn't surprise me is his steadiness, his leadership. He's, he's a very calm player that, that I think exudes that to the rest of the team. I think he can make plays when, when he, and he realizes when he needs to make plays. I, I heard some, some people at the game, several people at the game here against Boston College, like, Sam's got to shoot more. He's got to do more. Well, Sam's not that kind of a player. Sam wants to get his teammates involved early in the game. Sam's going Sam's gonna to take what the defense gives him. But if there's times in the games where he sees – that we need some scoring, he'll 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 go try to provide that, and he has the ability to do that. But it looks like he and Derek Walker are a really good, you know, like you said earlier, a great two man game and have a good feel for each other. But I thought the secret player of the game was Juwan Gary yesterday because mm-hmm. he defended his tail off. He gets twelve points on five for five shooting, rebound gets nine rebounds, and and he made extra passes where I thought earlier in the year he would shoot his first open look. Yesterday he turned some down, and we, we ran a little more clock. He got some ball movement. And, and really, Bandamel didn't shoot it as well, but he did the same thing. He defends it. And Bandamel's the one guy besides Sam that can really create at the shot clock. They usually get it in his hands when it's down to you know seven seconds so he can create, so he can do that. So those two guys defensively were, were MVPs. Let's go to Creighton for a moment as they've lost three in a row. They're right there against Arizona. Arizona looks Elite Eight good. Texas looks Elite Eight good. And you're going to have your peaks and your valleys. But now uh, it's one thing to lose Maui and then in Austin, but then you come back home. Uh, is, is this something that could linger longer with Creighton, or do you think Mac will get him to snap out of it? Oh, I think they'll snap out of it. I think these cycles last you know, one or two weeks, and then, you know, you, you're mentally, you, you're regrouped. They, they get a little rest time, and, and I, I think they'll definitely come out of it fairly quick. I'd be surprised if, if they wouldn't. Um, and, like, you know, it, they, they got good shots. They got good threes. They didn't really work for good paint shots like Nebraska did, but they, they definitely got good threes, and I think they have enough talent. I, I think they lost a little confidence um, in, in those losses to Arizona and Texas, and and I, I don't know if I've ever seen a game like yesterday where Creighton looked like they felt the pressure of being a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. Usually they come in as a, with an underdog role against Nebraska, the state school, the Big Ten, you know. And yesterday it didn't look like that. It looked like Nebraska played a little more loose and, and uh, you know, pressure-free. And it looked like Creighton was, was trying a little too hard. They were supposed to make those threes. They were a 14-point favorite. And, and here they are down seven all of a sudden. And I think they panicked a little bit and, and then just had some poor shooting performances. I think what Shireman, Nemhard, and Kaluma went two for 21 from the three-point line. Kaluma, I don't think, is a great shooter, but I know Nemhard and Shireman are, are up in the 40s. So that's, you know, we, we kind of got lucky on, on the day yesterday a little bit, too. Well, you make your own luck, too, just with the closeouts and the defensive intensity and the rotation. I mean, Creighton was really good at at what they do and that's around the horn in it you know they go find the open shooter but nebraska had an answer or determination more so to uh to to close out and at least contest things coach as you look at the big 10 here big picture 
I know Sparty got stunned by Northwestern. That didn't make Mama or Junior happy. Purdue, <laughs> Purdue sits in here at number four. Iowa's just a one-last squad, and, and they are really talented. Michigan's scuffling a bit. Indiana's 7-1. and one. Uh, You have Illinois uh, tomorrow night. They are on the road at Texas. Don't know much about Minnesota. Wisconsin still has Chucky, and they're always pretty dangerous. What's the cut line as you see it early on in the Big Ten for uh, for postseason? And and how does Nebraska stack up eye-test-wise to a lot of the league? Yeah, I I don't know if I can go cut line yet. I I just don't know if I have enough evaluation time, except for I think – I think Indiana and Purdue have shown they're pretty elite. They're, they, they play with some talented size. Um, they play with some kids who can shoot the ball. They're pretty complete teams. They, they both play hard. I, you know, unfortunately, our next two games are maybe against the two teams that are playing the best in the league right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I think those two have separated. I, I do feel that with, with our you know consistent effort and – I think Nate Linzer has done a great job on the defensive end. I've gone to three practices, and he, he's, he's working his tail off on rotations, on box outs. Him and Coach Howard just really focus on that. And, and it, that is, that's paying off. Their rotations yesterday on baseline drives, Creighton knew they couldn't get to the rim. Um, Creighton was smart enough not to really charge that much, but, but they, they struggled when they got in that trap on the baseline, and they, 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 Nebraska X's out when they help on those skip passes, which you were talking about their closeouts. That's why they're getting there so quick. And if you can play that consistent defense and just rebound a little bit, you're going to stay in games in the Big Ten because that's kind of what the Big Ten's all about. So I, I think they're I think they're built to compete. I think you know Blaze Keita off the bench gives them some length, draw, draws charges, can rebound the ball a little bit. Not great offensively skilled, but he'll improve. But he gives you that length off, and you could. You can play a little bigger lineup, um, and, and then you know I, I think they've they found a, a good role um, for for uh, uh, Breidenbach. Mm-hmm. You know I think he's a good guy coming off the bench, sixth or seventh man instead of a starter, and and maybe he can settle in and shoot the ball a little better coming off the bench. But again, another six eleven, six ten, six eleven kid. That get, he had a big block yesterday, um, you know, late in the second half, which just made some good plays. And, and so with that length, which is huge in basketball, with the kind of length we have now, with especially with Sam at the point, Coach, I think that's going to help us compete. I got yeah. to cut you off. Forgive me. We're up against yeah. a hard break. Hang on with us another five minutes, All okay? Right. Yeah, no problem. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Couple more minutes. Some overtime here with Jeff Smith, Hall of Fame coach, longtime Nebraska assistant, uh, Nebraska Creighton. Coach, thanks for, for resetting with us. 
We were asking big picture in the Big Ten. We'll let you pick it up from there. Didn't mean to interrupt to, to get to break. Oh, that's okay. And I forgot to mention Maryland's 8-0, but they haven't, you know, and Michigan State's 5-4, and four, but Michigan State's played about six top ten teams and Maryland hasn't played one yet. So, um, you know, it, it'll balance out as we go. Um, and I, I just think, I just think Nebraska is a little more uh, with their length and their depth. They are they are built better for and, and their defensive consistency. If that continues, they're definitely built for the Big Ten at, at a at a higher level than they have been since Fred's been here. Coach, what did yesterday's win mean for Fred Hoiberg? We know that year four has expectations, and it can't look like the the first three years. And the team doesn't look like. The same team. They're they're gritty. They're poised. They're tough. They're physical. They're blue collar, which is great. Uh, and he's made that roster shift. But uh, you know, when it comes to, to 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 the job and job security, this is absolutely a wonderful way to start December. Yeah, I think it gives you some confirmation that you are on the right path. Uh, adding adding more defensive emphasis, um, and really, I think they purposely went and got guys that had had won. You know, Keita won big in junior college. Juan Gary was in the NCAA terms of Alabama. Greasel, NCAA tournament, North Coast State. Bandamel, SMU has been good. You know, Walker from Tennessee a few years ago. You've got some kids that have won and kind of been in some of those big tournaments, those big games. And I think I think he's you know I think he's got to be really happy with his character and how they handled any runs yesterday and had more poise with the ball than they did against St. John's, you know, when they were getting pressed and late in the game. So that, that was another improvement. So I think if anything, it's just some good confirmation for Fred that they're doing the right things. The shift they made on offense, he says in the ballroom at the hotel has paid off using Walker skills and everybody's skills. And so um, I think that's a, a, a good confirmation game for him, and, and that obviously takes a little pressure off of him that they could win on the road against a top-10 team. Did yesterday change your expectations surrounding this Husker basketball team for the year? I don't, you know, when we were on before the season started, I said, I hope 15, you know, maybe it's going to be 12, but, you know, if they can win eight games in the non-con and then, you know, another eight or seven in the in the conference and win – 15, 16 games. I think I felt like that was the upper limit. I, I just, I wouldn't want to jump too high yet. You know, I think it's kind of a wait and see thing, but, um, but obviously you do have a little more confidence that um, they're developing. They're more consistent. Uh, they play together. They're starting to really learn to play unselfish basketball and not worry about how many shots they're getting. And, and so I think that has to breed a little optimism. Next three, coach. What's a good number? These, this four-game stretch. Many of us didn't have Nebraska going two and two or better. They still may not, but you, but most you, of us had as zero and four, most likely. Possibly, yeah. but K yeah. State's probably gettable. And is it crazy? Yeah. Is it crazy to think you can get a split? I mean, I know you got Purdue at home Saturday. Indiana's <laughs> first things first. Or are you like eh, two and two is the number? I'll stick with two and two. I, I would hope. I, I think Indiana on the roads, although we've played okay there. I just think that's a that's a tough environment, and and you know they're playing well right now. I think Purdue with the seven four kid is just a totally different animal. Um, not that we can't play with them, but I, you know safely safely two and two. Uh, you know at a minimum, let's say. And if we can if we can sneak one, that would be absolutely fantastic. If we can sneak one of these next two, 
Coach, you get a chance to watch the Nebraska women yesterday as they took on uh, number 20, Maryland. A huge fourth quarter propelled in the victory as they won 90-67. to you get a chance to, win, uh, to watch that one? I, I didn't get to watch it. I watched, I watched highlights and uh, read, you know, read the article today. You know, they shot the ball well, and Jazz Shelley kind of went off yesterday. It sounded like they you know, wanted her to do more, and she did. And then she's got some weapons that, you know, they went through a little, you know, they didn't shoot the ball well at Drake and, and, you know, they, they, I think they're, that was a, that, talk about a confidence win. We haven't beaten Maryland since I don't know when or ever, but um, I went and watched them practice a couple of weeks ago. They, they do such a great coach Williams, such a great job of just fundamentals and, they're going to be okay. They're they're going to they're going to when they shoot the ball in the hole, they're going to be able to beat anybody. And they they play as hard as anybody. And um, I think with Jazz Shelley at, at the point, they've got a chance against anybody. Jeff Smith with us, uh, Hall of Fame coach, longtime Nebraska assistant coach. Enjoy your week. We'll get caught up soon. Thanks for the insight today. Y- yes, man. We got to talk about high school ball one of these days. You know. Well. You you got two more minutes? We can do that. All right. What do you think? I mean, Lincoln's looking pretty good, man. Southeast and Southwest, some some wow wins early. I know it was a split weekend for for both of them, but hey, the the Lincoln prep scene, Omaha's tremendous. We know that, but the the Lincoln prep scene looks uh, pretty good this year. Yeah, Omaha's top heavy though. I, you know, the Lincoln teams can beat a lot of those lower level Omaha teams. It's just a matter of if they can play with Millard North and Bell West, but Southeast beating Westside was Westside was missing a few, and that's hard coming off a state football championship and playing this early. But you know, and then and then North Star goes up and beats Prep, who was preseason third. So, and then Northeast lost a tough one with Gretna in overtime, and Gretna was fifth. So I think. I think Lincoln basketball is is really looking looking better with some, and they have good size and good athleticism around the city. Um, you know, Lincoln High is two and zero, and they beat Papio, who was preseason ranked. I'm not sure why, but they were. But that's a great start for Lincoln High with Vincent Garrett and Bryson Faines. Pretty pretty good seniors there, and then you know Porter Basil's been playing a long time at Northeast, a six seven senior there that's getting some recruiting interest, and Jalen Lang's averaging about seventeen a game for him, and they got a good freshman I guess that plays a little bit, Jackson Cruz, and then you know North Star has two six eight kids that are seniors, Brennan Clemens and the San Lanel kids, so. You know, in Southeast is six nine six eight. We, you, you and I saw Southwest. You know, some good size and athleticism, and a, and a veteran point guard. The city, the city is uh, in pretty good. And then East beat Southeast after they beat Westside. So, you know, the city's uh, I think much improved across the board talent wise, and I think I think kind of ready to compete with the big dogs up in the metro. Man, that'll be fun, and you're going to get some. Uh, Inter-Metro matchups as the year goes on as uh, you'll have a chance throughout the regular season to prove it. Then you get into districts, and then could be a really fun year for uh, for Lincoln schools at PBA this year. Well, I'm just salivating at some of the, the inner-city matchups we're going to have coming later <laughs> in the regular yeah. season. Yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be outstanding. Exactly. You, you look at Southeast, Southwest, they match up across the board pretty well, and, and Northeast is not going to they're, – they're, they're not going to back down to anybody and, and – North Star, if they're playing right, you with with those two seniors that they you know they have a few kids can shoot the ball. They're they can beat anybody in the city. And you're right, you're right, Elijah. There's some going to be some really solid city battles. Going to be a good time. And Coach Smith does color for us here locally in in Lincoln. Excited to do another year with you, Coach. We'll uh, dive in again. This was fun to talk some ball, and always appreciate your time. 
Anytime, Smitty. Take care. There he is, Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith, longtime assistant with Nebraska uh, during those NCAA tournament runs. And, you know, we talk about uh, keeping local local on the football field. Well, Nebraska did it to a T uh, with uh, Coach Smith and Coach Danny Nee. We'll wind down this first hour. Charlie McBride's on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. We'll flip gears to some football next hour. More thoughts on Coach Deion Sanders from a, this is weird to say it, a former buff. Uh, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Jay Moore is going to be with us. Reminder to get buckled up this holiday season. Hands on the wheel, eyes in mind. Straight ahead, the driver has one job. That's to drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and we're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We'll get some feedback here. Brody chimes in. We asked the poll question, uh, how do you feel? What do you feel uh, more excited about? Uh, Nebraska's win over Iowa or the upset win over Creighton? A little football, basketball question if you're a Nebraska fan. And uh, Brody's like, the football win uh, over Iowa feels way better. It, it hadn't been as well, actually. Uh, yeah, you'd beaten Creighton sooner than, than you'd beaten Iowa because Timmy Miles did it, I think, in 2018 with Copeland and company. And uh, that team was loaded for a, for a run and ended up going to the NIT. But, yeah, last night was uh, uh, a beautiful rock fight. If you're a Nebraska fan, if you're a Creighton fan, you're uh, all sorts ticked off. But never fear, you've got a loaded lineup to snap out of your slump. Let's hear well, from... Obviously, the difference between the, the two games is Iowa, that was just like a release after a season of hell <laughs> to get that one was just like, Oh my God. We're, yes, but you've had three seasons of God. These guys aren't going to don't want to play defense or box out or do the little things. And you saw this team and their personality be way different. And yesterday I was just getting there. I was more in a state of shock. I don't think I've still fully registered that Nebraska went and beat Creighton just because it was so unexpected. I mean, of the past three seasons, Yesterday's game felt like Nebraska stood the least chance with sure. with what Creighton brought to the floor. That's potentially the best team that they'll ever have in school history if they end up living up to their potential as the year goes on. That team is very, very good, and I, I wrote Nebraska off before the game even started. I think most of us did, and the thing that, that Mac will no doubt use uh, yesterday, it's a wake-up call, right? Okay, and listen, I'm not making excuses for them, but you, you travel to Maui, then you go to Austin— You've drilled this Nebraska team in a lot of time. you got to respect the game, right? Just because you've drilled them by 25 before the first time out the last few years. Uh, new year, new team. Let's hear from Sam Greasel. What last night meant for him. Really awesome seeing a, a Sam hugging his folks uh, up at CHI. When I committed here, like this was the game that I wanted the most, obviously, for, for a lot of reasons. Um I was just talking to some of the staff members that have been here um, for a long time, whatever, 15, 20 years, and just thinking back to players that I idolized um, that wore this jersey that didn't get um, this win, and especially in this arena. Um, obviously, I just walking around Lincoln, everyone's just like, just beat Creighton this year, just beat Creighton this year. And 
um, it'll be nice to have a good response to that now. Um, but I mean, yeah, this it's hard to put into words. Um, I get a little bit emotional thinking about it just because it, it means so much to me and so much to this group and to the state. Um, but it's, yeah, this is a day that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Pretty cool. The Nebraska fans won't forget. Uh, Vic chimes in from Denver. And he's like, not even Dion can save Colorado and the apathy that exists for that football program. Kind of disagree. If there's anyone that can do it, it's it Coach is Prime. Dion. Charlie McBride's up next to Tail Varsity Radio. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmidt's underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmidt's Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, also streaming on ESPN, Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. And the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio and the ESPN uh, 590 uh, Twitter handle as well. Get to some of your emails and your calls. It is that time. It's a Monday, Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, how was the weekend? Thanks for the time. Oh, it was good. Beautiful. Little, you know, a little cold, but that's good. You know, it wasn't too cold. You're, you probably weren't wearing sleeves, were you? No, I was raking leaves still. Man. <laughs> well, that's, that's a win. So, is, is it, do you still fish this time of year, or do you stay off the water? <laughs> Well, they they what they did. Uh, yeah, I I do, but uh, they took my dock in early, and usually I'm out there. But they uh, their the state is uh, fixed in the public access, and so the regular guys that come in with their boats and stuff, they got a bunch of pro fishermen around this area, and they they fish this lake a lot, and they just they can't get their boats in for another week or so, so. As long as it doesn't freeze, they'll be here. Well, that's good. Uh, well, Coach, a week ago we were talking about Matt Matt Rule and his introduction to Nebraska. We fast forward to today, and you and I both have always been high on in-state talent. I liked watching it growing up. You liked coaching it. <laughs> and uh, Matt Rule has put a ton of time and effort and resource since he got here uh, to uh, be in front of the coaches around the state of Nebraska and be in front of the kids. It's been really pretty impressive. What are your thoughts? I think that's pretty impressive. 
I think that's exactly what needs to be done. I, I think a lot of times, you know, he, he hasn't got his staff full yet, but he's doing the best he can do with what's going on now. And he's making an impression. And I think it makes a difference that the coaches know that you really care about the state. Because I, I think there's there's been a drop-off and uh, there hasn't been enough schools visited. I know that uh, I don't think anybody's ever worked her harder than Tom ever did. He'd go out by himself and see every walk on every scholarship guy, you know, before the signing and himself. And uh, then he'd come back and he looked like somebody dragged him through the mud or something. Uh, but, you know, he didn't, he wanted to, he, that's what he wanted to do. And then at the beginning of the year, the first week, he is in the state by himself. A lot of times, I don't know anybody that's gone with him. He he does it himself, and uh, you know he he worked at it. And I think this is uh, this is a good a good thing. I think you know he'll he'll be happy with it. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio on Monday with Charlie. Coach Nebraska is up to eleven kids now in the transfer portal. One of them's Ernest Hausman. Uh, you have some kids that have been in the program three years. One's a lineman, Alex Kahn, and a couple of other kids, uh, Tariq Black and, 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 and Weaver, that was going to make a switch from defense to offense. So mm-hmm. really, really the name is Hausman that's, yeah. t- that's tough to take, but a lot of kids are, are moving on. Nebraska's also – looking at, at portal additions, and I know there's a bunch of kids from Texas A&M that may be on their way out. Um, give me a thought on 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 retention uh, on this roster and, and then also fishing. We started the talk with fishing, but Nebraska's going to have to throw their line in the water for some kids uh, that, that may be wanting to get out. Well, I think I think the thing is, is I I've, my experience with, uh, I look at it as a trans, just a kid that transfers, and he's got an easier way to go this time. You know, I mean, he can just do it whenever he wants. And the thing that's sad is he can do it in the middle of spring practice if he mm-hmm. feels like it's not right. And so you never know where your football team is. I don't care if whether you're the top team in the country or whatever you are, you don't know where it is, which is, I think, really unfair. But that's the life in the big city. I think, too, that the other thing I, I noticed over all the years when I've seen kids leave, I've never heard their name again. And, uh, you know, that's, I tell you what, a commitment to me is um, a lot different than what it is today. T- today, a commitment is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, basically, it's for some kids, it's a lie. You know, it, it, it. You know, they may they may say they're coming one minute, and the next minute they're not. And you know, the best way to do it is don't ever say anything. You got to take back until you're really sure. And we used to prep the parents on what we wanted. And uh, in fact, when when a kid committed to us, uh, there was no phone calls. The parents were would not let the, anybody talk to the kid. Coach would not let them talk, uh, and, and there was, uh, you know, there was a it was serious. Mm-hmm. And because when you commit to somebody, uh, you know, we really wanted them to, to, you know, for a kid to come in on a weekend and be fired up and 
everything and commit is is not something that is is really healthy because you know you really kind of you like it but you don't want to you don't want them to go home and in two days say you know I got to think this over and uh, you want it so they don't have to think it over it's done you know now with the situation the way it is now there's a little bit different you know I think it's a little different but to me. You pick a school because of the school and the program and everything. You don't pick it because of the guy that recruited you. That's that's weak. I mean, you know, I mean, to me, that, that guy could be gone. I know when I went out the last few years, I just told the parents, I will not be here when your son graduates, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm going to retire in a couple of years. And so that they knew it exactly where I stood and, uh, you know, a lot of times that you know you don't know is a, a, a assistant coach doesn't know when he's about ready to leave when he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like my wife always said, there's only two kinds of coaches: those that have been fired, and those that are about to be. Mm. You know, so <laughs> so it's the coaching profession. It's a little shaky. Yeah. You know how it goes, um, but. Uh, that's just the way it is. And I Houseman thing happened so fast that there's been some tampering. Mm. There's something going on there because you don't just that that doesn't happen that fast. I mean, it's he's got something planned, and then, you know you haven't heard anything from him. He's he's already told somebody where he's going. I'm pretty sure of that. And they've told him how much money, and they've told him what he, they're going to do for him. And you know, again, that's another. You know, here's a state kid that, you know, leaves the state. That bothers me. I, I he's really, get, really good too. I mean, he really, he, really got better. Well, he's he's a special kid. You know, he he's he he's got a chance to really do something at this state, in this state. Uh, you know, where where he's from. Mm-hmm. And again, he may be one of those guys that say, "Well, I'm really from Texas, and I'm not, I don't, you know, this or that." And you know, that's. That's great, uh, but but uh, you know it's 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 hard when you lose a, a person that you think and 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 as successful as he was, he's a worker. He's all he's everything you're looking for, but then when this happens, now you're wondering, <laughs> what? Wait a minute, is this guy? What what about his character? I mean, what about you know? Is it that, or is it just something that he just doesn't like something? You know? I think losing Rude, if Rude's not anywhere around the program, is a big thing. I think losing Barrett's uh, not good uh, for, well, for the for the linebackers. I I can tell you one thing: if you had to come in here and kept Bill and Mickey, or and Mickey. And, and, you know, rude if that was the case, but whoever had done it, and uh, there wouldn't be the problems that we're having right now. I mean, and I'm not blaming on the head coach because he, he has this, what he wants to do, and that's just the way it is. I, I, have no, I have no qualms with that. I mean, I think he has the right to do it, just like a kid has the right to leave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so... So that that's the thing. I just like loyalty, and I like when a guy shakes your hand and says, "I'm coming," mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and it's and it's he really means it. And that's that 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 makes that that is a as a coach and a recruiter, that's what it is. And I know when I came here, I will I will say this that 
Tom sat me down and explained what my my job was, and uh, he said, number one, you're a recruiter. Mm-hmm. And he said, number two, you're a coach, and number three, if you cheat, you're fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have pretty simple. You know, one, two, three bullet points. Absolutely. Right. Let me that's ask right. you. Let me ask you about Deion Sanders going to your alma mater, Colorado. Well, you know, he'll. Uh, it, the one thing about Colorado you want to be careful of is when you're doing it. Is the admission system there is really different than it is a lot of places. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's only one person that accepts or denies. In that school, and that's some professor or somebody, whoever's doing it, they they don't have a big committee or have all this stuff, I don't think, or at least they didn't. They may now. They may have it changed. A lot of presidents change stuff. So, But it used to be where there was just one professor, and he, he was he was the guy, and uh, and it was him or nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so when you get, when you, when your grades come in, I think the NCAA situations with all their change in rules and stuff probably confused a lot of people, especially him, because, you know, his major thing is the student body, period. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden when athletes, you have to really pay special attention to some of those you know, those people. Uh, and some of them, you know, you want them on campus. Uh, I know that some schools have said, well, if he meets the NCAA rules, that's fine. But if he has any shortness in any of the classes, he has to finish them within the first year. Now, mm-hmm. uh, that's you know that's one of the things I think we have at Nebraska. I know a lot of kids didn't have a math thing or, you know, a missing an English part or didn't accept. They had the English, but didn't accept a course in your English class. Like I know one kid, for example, had a, they had their, uh, you know, an advertising writing uh, for you know for advertising and stuff, and they didn't accept it. And he had to go to junior college in the summer mm-hmm. in his hometown. So there's so many little things that happen that you don't you don't expect right away. And uh, can he can so he any, get him to anytime win? Anytime you're transferring, you got to be careful. Can Dion get Colorado to win football games again? Uh, I think so. I think he'll get a, he'll get a lot of you know he is a, he's a, he's really a guy that'll be looking hard for a minority kid, mm-hmm. and uh, he he'll probably have that quarterback there. Um, sure, he will. I mean that they've already unless uh, nil has got him locked up there and say hey wait a second now mm-hmm. you know so who I don't know I don't know how that goes but. I'm sure he'll have some followers that'll come, you know, from Jackson State that he'll accept mm-hmm. or at least try to get there, assuming they have the grades and everything. Well, yeah, he, he told the team yesterday that he was bringing his own luggage. Yeah, he, he, was, he made no bones about that, that meeting last night uh, that, that half of you are going to walk out of here. I mean, he was up front and... I don't want to say vicious, but he wasn't friendly. <laughs> yeah, well, he's cleaning the house. Yeah, well, that you know that that can that can be that can be, and it'll you know it may take him a year or two, and then again he may cross people the wrong way, and uh, that just that reflects back on you know hiring a guy that really has only been a coach for two years and. You know, there's a lot of coaches that probably, I mean, I I don't know this for a fact, but 
that are probably pretty upset that they're working their tails off to get somewhere, and here's a guy just walks in, and because of who he is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, he's a, all of a sudden he's a coach. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've always found out that the guys that, well, I played uh, 12 years in the NFL, so what? That doesn't make you a good teacher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of times that, that stuff he's teaching or stuff that you don't use or can't use, or the coach, the other coach doesn't want you to use, and so there's a lot of lot of things that go that go into you know into coaching, and most of them went through the whole thing. His graduate assistant learned there, learned the next job, learned the next job, learned that that's how you become a coach is is by paying attention, keeping your mouth shut, and listening. <laughs> Well, he is going to bring some bravado, and I know there's a lot of juice for Colorado, and they're already trying to keep uh, the Nebraska red out on September 9th. So uh, Nebraska well, will not do a favor, and I'm sure that'll be all red. Uh, well, let me tell you, I graduated from the, that school. <clears throat> That's cool. And uh, if, I, if I had something to say about it, I wouldn't be the happy camper. there he is charlie mcbride with us a monday with charlie coach we'll talk some uh, bowl matchups and more nebraska uh news next week you have a good week and thank you for a few minutes today okay guys have fun this week okay you too (laughs) try to try to last through a few of them okay (laughs) (laughs) we will appreciate you coach thanks for having me bye now there he is mr blackshirt charlie mcbride jay moore on the way with hail varsity Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Blackshirt Husker, NFLer Jay Moore, co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. And we say hi to Jay Bird, you're not in the portal, are you? <laughs> uh, no, I am not. I uh, thought about it for a sec, but I thought I might have one more year of eligibility with COVID. But then I realized I am 39 years old and uh, not in quite, not in the not in the playing shape I used to be. Uh, gosh, how long ago is that now? Was that uh, 16 years ago? You were you were drafted in in 07. I know that. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Because somebody in the room made a phone call to your home uh, on, on draft day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Something tells me Jake could still, could still roll in some NIL deals if he wants to. I think so. I, you know, I mean, we're not your agent, but we sure as hell could be. Well, I mean, with the last name like Moore, you can really fit that into any sort of advertising tagline. One, one, would, one would like to think so, but uh, that's, <laughs> I can only imagine. You know, I, I, I take about anything, I tell you that much. Well, you were uh, an in-state prospect, uh, highly rated defensive lineman, and you, you, you started the number of years at Nebraska, top 10 in, in TFLs and sacks. And I want to get your perspective on, on the job Coach Rule is doing, specifically this past weekend where he and his staff have been everywhere from Scotts Bluff to Omaha to Lincoln to Norfolk, all areas in between. And what's your view and take on in-state recruiting and the, the face time the Nebraska program still needs to put in for that? you got to put a little more work into it than what we've had to and I would probably say decades past, just because the program isn't where it has once been. You know, there was almost a given that, and you can throw me right into this, a category that you offered an in-state kid, and nine times out of ten, that kid's going to say yes, because he wants to stay home, he wants to play for a blue blood program, a top ten program, a program that's fighting to, has a good chance to win a conference title every year and potentially play for a national championship. And if you don't, you're, you're playing in a New Year's, New Year's Day you know, bowl game or a very highly competitive bowl game. And so I don't, the effort, you know, I don't know if the, the – I, I don't want to say effort because I think the effort was always there. But it just wasn't to the extent that you have to see it now. I mean, and, you have, and that's and partially it's because you got a new staff. They want to get in front of, of, of the kids and, and to make sure they're not thinking about Going somewhere else, and or you know, may take another visit, or or whatever it might be, but it is slightly different, just because Nebraska isn't what it was. I mean, I was, you know, when I was being recruited by Nebraska, I mean, you know, the the, the year before that I, you know, went to Nebraska, you know, I got on campus. I mean, they played Miami for a national championship, and the year before that, they won a conference championship in the year two thousand, and in uh, beat Texas. I believe they smoked Tennessee in the Fiesta Bowl and just go, so on and so forth. So there, the credibility and, you know, just the, what you what you knew Nebraska as was still there, you know, in, into the early 2000s. And I will say that, you know, part of Nebraska's, I think, struggles maybe while I was there and maybe during Bo's time was the NSA recruiting just wasn't as good as it had been. There's years where you're you're able to get five to six kids uh, Division One offers, and I think there was a stretch there where that wasn't happening. And that's not to blame the kids; it's just it's just a, a cyclical thing that that just happens in in uh, in a state like this where it's not heavily populated. So now looking at it, I mean the the state is loaded with talent, and it's been loaded with talent for the last uh, you know five six years. And, and unfortunately, Nebraska has not had, not been able to keep some of these kids. In state, you've had kids go to Notre Dame. You have kids go to Oregon, uh, Kansas State, you know, so on and so forth. And it's 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 frustrating for for a homegrown kid like myself to see that happen. But I but then again, I can't blame them because they're going to places that they know they have a chance to win and a chance to get get to the next level. And Matt Rule's already alluded at that that you come play for us, you you know, you're not only get 
to the NFL, you're going to have a chance to get a second contract. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, steps to all this process, but they've done a good job. You know, you have the resources, you have, you have private planes to get you all over God's green earth and in the great state of Nebraska. Uh, you can you can fly to North Fork and Scott's Bluff in one day, and, and that that's not a problem for them when, you, when you're on a private jet. And then you hop in. I mean, you hop in here, and you get there's plenty of good kids. You got Coleman and Malachi Coleman over at Lincoln East. You have the kid that were at Lincoln High that's committed to Iowa State. You know, you have obviously all the kids up in, uh, up at West Side and the Omaha area. So. It doesn't take much effort to whether you're going to hop in a plane real quick or hop in a car, and you just, it's just part of it. Especially the new faces, you got to get there, you got to get ahead of it, and really start selling your plan and your ideas going forward for what this program's going to be and how they're going to be able to fit within that program going forward. Jay, I think a lot of people point to the winning uh, as one of the in-state factors of why kids aren't coming here. But I also look at the fact that, I mean, there's not many kids from Nebraska. Uh, both from in-state kids and just guys within the Husker football program that are getting drafted recently, and that's a, a big consideration here whenever you look at in-state kids that are getting drafted by going to other colleges. I look at Harrison Phillips as, as a, a one big example that played really well yesterday in, uh, in his game, but I, I believe Cam Jurgens is the only guy from the state of Nebraska to get drafted in the past five years. So how big of a factor is that just in the, in the grander scheme of college football, being able to go and develop guys and send them to the next level? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, when I got recruited, my thought was not about, well, if I go to Nebraska, uh, is it a good chance for me to go to the NFL? I, I mean, that was the, that was so far down the list of my concerns because when I was recruited, I could either play defensive end or tight end. I chose to play defensive end just because of what I'd known growing up, you know, the, the, the Grant Wistroms and the Jared Thomases and the Kyle Vandenbosch. And, yes, those guys did go on to play the NFL, so – that was a little bit of my thought, but once I stepped foot on campus, man, the idea of like going to the NFL was was so far down the line. I was just trying to keep ahead above water and just learn and get better every day. And then, just because of the process and sticking with the process, I was able to achieve that goal. That wasn't even that wasn't even my thought until after my junior year. You know, I finally had a really good junior year, and then you know I had agents and I had a draftable grade and all that stuff. I'm like, oh wow, this is really this is really a possibility. So. Uh, for me, I, I can't really speak to some of those kids, but I, it has something to do with that. But I just, I have a hard time thinking. It, it, it just, I do. It, it coming down to, I mean, it does it does help to be on a winning program? That does increase your chances. You get more eyeballs on games. You get more scouts that are in checking out um, what you're doing, and so that that does help. I just, I think it just matters from the kids. Uh, from their perspective, I mean, my main goal, I mean, just a childhood goal since I can remember was to play football at Nebraska. And it was never like, hey, I want to be in the NFL. That was just a part of me kind of developing into a better player. And the NFL became an opportunity. So it's a nice thing to have. It's a nice kind of feather in your cap to say, hey, you, you know, we've had, like Rule, you know, we've had X amount of guys from Temple. We have X amount of guys from Baylor who are still playing. And these are the guys I, I, I coach and develop. So there's a, there's a little bit to that. But I, I think it's something that I have a hard time believing that's what you're truly concerned about because it's so far down the road. I mean, you have to go there. You have to – it has to be a good fit for you. Pers- your college has to be a good fit for you personally, academically. Cause those are the first – those are the most important things. Because if you go there and you're not comfortable, you're not going to be able to put forth all the effort to, to dive into that process of being a – a good football player. Your mind's going to be somewhere else. You're going to be homesick. You might do all these other things. So I think there's so many other uh, variables that, that are more important than, hey, can I get drafted? 
in the NFL. I think you, there's about five or six that are more important to fit to make sure this college is the right fit for the kid. And then if, the, if those things fit, then you can start putting all your efforts and you know maybe your eggs into one basket to become a really good football player that with hopes to get drafted. Jay Moore is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. A thought from you, it doesn't look like, and we're still uh, not fully uh, full, <laughs> fully full. You don't know who the D coordinator is going to be for Nebraska as, as we talk. Dvorak sounds like the linebacker coach, and then a couple of spots, offensive line, wide receivers coach still up in the air offensively. Uh, tell me about your friend Barrett Rude and, and what do you think is next for him? Yeah, it's tough because he hasn't been coaching very long. I mean, he was, I think he retired from the NFL, what, six years ago maybe? Maybe even less than that. You know, he obviously got a good, good opportunity to go right to Central Florida and learn from Scott Frost and kind of and follow them here. And he's had some, obviously Nebraska ties all the way through and you come here to coach at your alma mater and you, uh, and you live in a, the city you grew, you know you grew up in, and um, being a Southeast kid, so I, I don't know. I don't think I know Barrett loves football. He is a football guy. He loves the game. You got to love the game to coach at this level. I just don't know if he loves it enough to go coach somewhere else or be a part of it. You know, I don't. I, I guess I just don't. I know Barrett very well, but I don't know if that's like who he is to be like man. You know, because. You know, you talk, you hear Matt Rule talk. He loves developing young men. And so I just don't know if that's Barrett's true, you know, MO, you know, going forward. Or, you know, I, I know in Barrett has, you know, he played many, many years in the NFL, made some good money coaching. The guy's got money. So I don't think it's like he needs to go Work. and look around. You know, he's not hopping on the next job because he needs the money. The dude is is uh, tighter than you know what. So I know yeah, he's taking and uh, he's taking the, he, he's taking the care of his money. So he don't spend it. I know that much. He he does not like to spend his money, and that's okay. That's totally fine. So uh, I don't think he's 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 going to be out there, you know, looking for the next you know open job to hop on to for the money. I, I think he could probably maybe take a year or two off, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he has a few kids and and sit down and really decide, you know, maybe once he's away from it, hey, let's, uh, if he misses it, let's maybe look at an opportunity. But, again, it's like, you know what, coaching coaching is a crazy business because you're talking about uprooting your family again and, you know, you're kind of already back in your hometown and you moved away once and now you're back. And so it's got to be, I would assume, it has to be the right kind of fit for him. I don't know if the NFL you would like to get in that level of coach. I almost feel like Barrett would be a better coach in the NFL than he would probably in college just because from the, the X's and O's standpoint and you kind of get out of recruiting, it's just straight football. I think Barrett would do very, very well in the NFL if he wants that. And he has tons of connections in the NFL. I know he's uh, close with like Raheem Morris mm-hmm. and a lot of the Tampa Bay staff that's uh, out and about and there's litter amongst the NFL still. So he could get a job in the NFL, no problem. It's just whether or not he wants to do that and kind of move his family away. But uh, Barrett is, man, just a good dude. Uh, I, you know, I'd love to still have him be on staff because I know where his heart is and is with Nebraska. And I think that, that takes a special coach to coach that and get it across to your players. But if it doesn't work out, I mean, he has, he has he definitely he has options to do whatever he wants. But I think the guy could, you know, probably take a year or two off and uh, kind of to weigh his decisions to see what's best for him and his family.
And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, your take on Coach Prime, uh, Dion uh, Sanders at Colorado. That's going to be a, just an incredible uh, week, too, as we'll be out there for it. Uh, Colorado is saying no red in the stands. Good luck with that, Boulder. But uh, his impact, and do you think he, uh, do you think he tries to, to, to mess with in the recruiting world where Nebraska's at? Does he find his way in to a west side? Does he look at some kids uh, in the metro or dare I say, way out west? It doesn't sound like he's going to leave a stone unturned. What do you think of the hire? I think it's a great hire. I, I think he fits well with Colorado. Um, just I think, you know, people see – you know, remember Dion as a player, and obviously very vocal, very flashy. But when he talks, and you saw you saw the video of him speaking to you know his team, and you've seen talks with the previous school he was at, and you've seen him just the man has a gift to to communicate and get a message across, and it's very you know I mean he speaks like you know he's preaching again you know like we kind of similar with Matt Rule. Uh, that that that's very powerful. I mean, just the way he talked to his, the I know the whole team wasn't there in Colorado, but whatever, how many kids were still on, uh, in town? It's powerful, man. He has he has it, and he he and he says it. He has the credibility. He, he knows how to be great because he he was great. I mean, he's the, he's the greatest quarterback ever to play the game of football. So he has that credibility, and then he has the ability to communicate to young men, kids. So he's able to recruit. And so I, I don't know. I mean, Colorado was a mess this year, and they've, they haven't been great since Barnett left. And uh, so they, they have some work to, to, to cut out. They have their work cut out for them and to figure out to get this thing back to where it was, back to the, you know, essentially how they played in the Big 12, or they were tough, man. I mean, we play them, I and mean, it, was, it was a 50-50 game every, every you know, uh, Friday after Thanksgiving battle in them. So, it's, uh, he's got his work cut out, but I think he'll get that thing true. He's going to recruit his tail off. He's going to get some really good players. He's probably going to bring some, uh, some kids from, with him from uh, Jackson State and, you know, and then go out and nab a few other guys. And guys will come and play. You know, he's, he's going to be able to speak to the skill position players very, very much so. Uh, I know he threw out an offer to the, one of the, the no, five-star tackle that's come into Iowa. He's out of Texas. So he knows what he's doing. If he can land a guy like that, you know, that, that will turn on that program in a heartbeat. You know, you get your offensive linemen. You know how I feel about my O-line and D-linemen, how important they are to the program. But really good hire. It'll be fun to go out there week two. Hopefully hopefully we're both 1-0 going in week two, and maybe I'll have to make that, you know, that, uh, that little drive or a quick plane ride out to Denver to uh, even enjoy that one. Hop in, hop in the back seat. Oh, we're, we're renting an armored vehicle. Yeah. Babbers is renting a tank. I love that. <laughs> He's renting a tank so they can have all the fun with the windshield and in rims as they, they they used to have, right? And it's still uh-huh. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a Desert Eagle tank, so it'll it'll stand up to about everything. Love that, Jay. What's your take on on this? The difference in Matt Rule and Deion Sanders and how they they approach their team whenever they first took the job. Matt Rule saying, "You know what? I came here. I took this job to coach you guys." Whereas Deion Sanders says, "If you guys aren't willing to work, just go into the transfer portal right now." What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I'm 
in favor of both of them. I, I can see it from both sides. I know Dion, and I think Dion's probably speaking to they. They had I don't know how many games. Did Colorado win more than two games this year? I don't they, know. They, they were did. one and eleven. Yeah. So there's there's some cultural issues going on in Colorado. I'm talking the ability to have some toughness, to be able to fight, and you know, and hang in there. They didn't do it. And on the other flip, on the flip side, Nebraska, you know, once Scott was removed, Mickey was able to capture this team in the energy and fight. I'd never, that was there. They fought their, they fought their tails off, you know, these last nine games with, with Mickey, you know, the, the, the Oklahoma game, it, it was debatable. It was just a crazy situation. But after that, man, their, their effort defensively, you know, you know, was just able to compete and fight. And, you know, other than the Michigan game, I mean, they were in every football game. It, that, that can't be said for Colorado. So I think it's vastly different, uh, two different situations where I think the character and the understanding how to work is there at Nebraska. It just has to be in a different message. And it has to be more efficient and better understood and stick with that process, whereas, whereas Colorado, they don't have one. They have. They don't. They don't know what's up or down right now, and they just were just out there, kind of out there because they had to be. There was. There wasn't a whole lot of fight going in Colorado, so I. I kind of see what where, where Dion's coming from that side of things. Jay, get a switch to the NFL before we say goodbye. And your roomie again, three and zero against Kansas City. Zach Taylor and Cincy getting it done against the Chiefs and uh, Joe Cool making a few key uh, key passes. Uh, P. Ryan stepping up with mixing out, and Cincinnati's got some momentum, man. They do, and they got the best player back too, with Chase finally being available uh, this week. And that's that's been the most impressive thing is their ability to win football games without him. You know, I think they lost him for five or six weeks with a hip injury, and you know, they go down to Tennessee and win uh, the, the week before. So their defense is playing really, really good. But yeah, Joe Burrow, man, he is just so cool and calm, and you know. So many other receivers have stepped up there. Higgins has stepped up a bunch. You know, Pirine and, uh, you know, Nick's have been huge, catching balls of the backfield and being able to establish the run. Their tight end game has been really good. So it's been it's been so fun to watch because they started off slow. I think they're 0-2, and then you, with uh, Jamar Chase being banged up, you're like, oh, boy, how, how are they going to get through this? It's like, man. Now, you know, now I think they're tied with Baltimore. I think they're both seven and four. Baltimore has a tiebreaker right now, but I know they have one more. They each got to play each other one more time. So, um, you know, it's gonna be fun to see finish out, man. But it, it just shows you Zach knows what he's doing. He's got a great staff around him. He's got a one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the NFL. You, you could probably argue him and Mahomes are kind of one A, one B right now, and uh, it's gonna be fun. I hope to have another matchup whether it's in Cincinnati or, or Kansas City. Again, I would love to be in Kansas City again because that was fun driving down to them during the game last year. So, um, but yeah, it's just it's a blast to watch. It's, uh, I've, I've definitely become a, a Bengals fan. I got Bengals hats and sweatshirts, and I'm, I'm chanting out who day and all this stuff. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a fun ride. Did you get them sent to you, or have you had to pony up? No, I – see, I'm, I'm, I'm – like, I probably could text them and say, hey, Zach, send me some gear, would you? <laughs> but you know, I, I'm it's that guy that just doesn't want to, right? Doesn't want to bug them. So sure. no, I, 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 uh, I begrudgingly bought a sweatshirt and a hat. And that's fine. So that's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll hit them up. I mean, now that, uh, now that uh, I've, we, I talked to him a handful of times this last year. I'll, 
I'll, I'll hit him up, and I just need to go out there and see him, and then that way I'll just, you know, take me to the office. Let's go in the clearance room so I can rock some, you know, some team issue bangle stuff back in Lincoln. That's that's the main plan. Jay shows up with a shopping cart in the equipment room. <laughs> You're gonna pick your spot next. Next Super Bowl they get to is when you. You hammer them. <laughs> yeah. I need four together, 50-yard line, please. Thank you. And then you go down mm-hmm. to the, the, the team locker room with a duffel bag and a ski mask. Just take what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Moore is with us. Co-host Big Red Wrap-Up, Husker NFLer, uh, Black Shirt at Moore 44 on Twitter. Jay, be good. Have a good week, man. Thanks for the time. You bet. Thanks, fellas. Good stuff from Black Shirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. We'll wind down a Monday podcast for you. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for Hale Varsity Radio. Also, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Well, the uh, college football playoff committee got their job done and done right. TCU is in. Ohio State is in. Kevin Wilson is off to coach Tulsa. So that means they will not have an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Uh, They will... Lock horns with the uh, number one team in the land. And that should be all right. Georgia's fun. Hopefully you took the overs. <laughs> and uh, Ohio State can do some things. I mean, LSU, they'd be able to get more stops. Would have had a better shot. But Ohio State's offense and LSU's, uh, LSU's offense, somewhat comparable. No Smith and Jigba, though, for Ohio State on New Year's Eve. The only thing I'll say, I agree with the four. The only thing I would say is that based on what I've seen this year, I think Ohio State's better than TCU. I'd put them at three, but I understand why you can't do that, not only because Ohio State didn't make a conference title game, but also because you can't have Ohio State v. Michigan in the, the semifinal. You just can't do that. You have to have Michigan, TCU, and then Ohio State, Georgia. So I, I do feel for Georgia a little bit. I feel like they have a much better chance against TCU than against Ohio State. I probably think they're probably going to get a win no matter who they play between those two but that is my one gripe with this is I do think Ohio State based on resume this year based on what I've seen from them are probably the third best team in the country but I can understand from a college football playoff committee point of view why you don't put them third were you uh wore out by Saban doing the tour on Fox I get it well, here's the thing, though. He went on and said, you know, you, you just lost to a bad team in the conference title game. And then they're going to go play They're going to go play State. Sugar Bowl. <laughs> what if Adrian goes and beats Alabama? Good for Adrian. I, 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 that, why? I mean, think about the, the quarterback triangle here the last five years. You pass on Burrow <clears throat> twice. Max Duggan was recruited in 2017, but you didn't get him. He went to TCU. And then there's Adrian. All three of those dudes, Duggan's probably going to end up in New York playing in the college football playoff. K-State had a hell of a good year and won the Big 12. Adrian was responsible for half of that. And then we got dinged. Well, he got credited post-game from, uh, from 
Coach Kleiman saying we wouldn't be, be here without Adrian and his mentorship. Right, and and I if he's healthy, I assume he'll be back to start the Sugar Bowl. It's a tough decision for Kleiman. Yeah, play both of them. Pull a ninety-five Orange Bowl. Sure, play both of them. And then you have uh, well, Joe Burrow's just kicking butt on Sundays <laughs> against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so yeah, you know what, a, a rough run. So, you think Collins could be the name we hear soon as DC? There's smoke that way. There's smoke Jeff that Collins, way former head coach, Georgia Tech. Both on insider sources and as well as him going and following most of the Husker coaching staff on Twitter. Ah. I think we're moving that way. Jeff Collins uh, fired from Georgia Tech this year. He was the head coach at Temple following Matt Rule. And uh, now he's then jobless. Left, then left Temple for, for Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech because he was... He maintained a temple. Well, back tomorrow, Mad Chick will join us. We'll, get, we'll talk Dr. Pepper etiquette, and our, our friend Mitch Sherman will be with us. A Huda Media Production.